Prime time. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Hey, here we go. Hour number two of the show has begun. I'm Matt. Bill is here. Most importantly, you are here. We appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in, man. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate the texts also. You can call me on the Divinity phone. Call me. I'd love to hear your voice today. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. 601-995-1059. Foreigner's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either. Not yet. Somebody texted and said that it's a shame that we can't get Foreigner in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, what does it take? You have to, like, does a certain amount of time have to go by? I don't know. I ain't a big Foreigner fan. I don't know. I know one Foreigner song. Somebody get Jake Wimberly on the phone. Let's talk to him about Foreigner. <laughs> isn't Jake, Bill, isn't Jake the one who's been hammering away at Mississippi State to get rid of? Don't stop believing. It, wait a minute. Is that Foreigner or is that Journey? No, that's Journey. See how, Dad. You, you, you confused that last time we talked about Foreigner. And then you went through the whole exercise educating me, and I have already forgotten it. Yeah, Jake cannot stand it when they play Don't Stop Believing. They do it at the high school games, at the college games. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get him you want to get his hair standing up even more that it stands up now, play Don't Stop Believing. I think I'm gonna start picking on him about it. You know what I mean? Like just sort of working that into the conversations every now and then. And hey Jake, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing, Jake. Okay, it's not foreigner, it's journey. Remind me again of some foreigner songs. You got cold as ice. Okay, is, you know. got it. I got it now. Yeah. All right. Feels uh, like the first time. <laughs> I want to know what love is. Oh, that was. Going. You know, I just saw him in concert out at Brandon. So. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something about Brandon. It's unreal. Some of the the names and the the acts and the bands that they bring out there, isn't it? Yeah, and it's getting better, too, the, yeah. more, the more big acts they bring in. It's great. I drove out there to look at it because I'd never been to anything at the Brandon Amphitheater. So a while back, I was down there visiting, you know, doing the show there and doing some other stuff, Bill, and so I thought I'd drive over to Brandon and look at it. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's pretty nice, though, isn't it? It's out there by the ball fields. Out there by the ball fields. You know, and and during the winter, some of the leaves off the trees out by the highway, you can actually see it from twenty. It's kind of you off in the distance, see the back of it. I had never seen it before. I'm like, where am I going? The GPS. I'm winding through behind the gas station between some apartments, and next thing you know, there it is. Yeah. And it's it the road to get to it if you don't watch it. Yes, you will. There's a sign there, but it's not very big. Yeah. What's the deal with all the rocks out there? Too. You know what I'm talking about? There's stones placed everywhere, and it's like called Rock Way or Rock Road or that, something. That one I don't know about. I'm like, were they out there? Or they bring those rocks out there. <laughs> anyway, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, here is a story about a man named Brady. No, I'm kidding. I couldn't help it. We, I heard <laughs> here's a <the> story. <laughs> I couldn't help it. 
We've actually been watching the Brady Bunch, going back and watching it again. We introduced it to Mary Liddy uh, over the last couple of weeks. She likes the Brady Bunch. We've been watching it some. No, I, I, I have a football story that is going to hit close to home. It is a very uh, touchy issue with some people. I've got a strong opinion about it. It needs to be eliminated somehow, some way from the game. But the problem is it hasn't been against the rules. What these players are doing hasn't been against the rules. And 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 up until now, coaches have not allowed it. And now we've got some coaches that are not only allowing it, but they are encouraging it because there's a win-at-all-cost mentality in college sports. So... I'm going to cover that for you. They're, they're looking for a way to eliminate this particular thing I'm about to tell you about. I, I, I've got to do a couple things first, and we're going to get to the story, okay? Um, more bully texted and said, everybody change your ringtone for Jake Wimberly to don't stop believing. <laughs> I am going to do that. That way when Jake calls me, it's going to play don't stop believing more bully. That is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that. What we got to do though is get Jake's phone and change it when anybody calls. Make oh, that'd be, and we could definitely do it. Get him distracted, grab his phone while he's on the air or something. You know, just set it up for everybody. We can do like Jim and Andy in that show, The Office, and pretend that he lost it while we're hiding it from him. Yeah. Bill and Madison with a controversial take on the country pleasing text line says, "Foreigner is not Hall of Fame worthy." I think as long as you're still alive, some of these older bands just get voted in. That is Bill in Madison. Now, on the, the rocks out there, Brandon, I think I've got an answer here maybe from Bulldog Neil on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment Madison, and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. What's up, Neil? Hey, those rocks out at the amphitheater were, were uh, excavated when they were building that thing. So that, all that was in the ground. Yeah, and 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 there's a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, quarry quarries out there because it's actually an industrial park. Okay. And uh, yeah, those things are very common in there. They're actually gorgeous, but uh, they are. Yeah. Yeah, those were in the ground. Yeah, those were in the ground. Very cool. Well, thanks for that update. I was curious when I drove out there and saw it because, like you say, you look around, you don't see that until you drive up and you're thinking, okay, wait a minute. Did they bring those in here? It's interesting to know that they're under the ground because you're right. It has a really gives it a really cool look out there. All right, good stuff. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate the education. See, if you're just tuning in, half of this show is me getting riled up about stuff, and the other half is me asking questions that I don't know and people telling me the answers on this show. <laughs> That's the other half of this show. All right, here is, uh, speaking of, something that riles me up. <clears throat> In a story from The Athletic, concern over faking injuries has become such a prominent issue in college football, it says here, that it has risen to the top of the agenda going into the next rules committee meeting. National Coordinator Official Steve Shaw, he is, by the way, a former SEC referee and was the SEC Coordinator of Officials and has been interviewed on this show and others. Great guy, super individual. 
and has risen to the position of National Coordinator of Officials. Steve Shaw told The Athletic on Monday that faking injuries is going to be a big topic at the next meeting of the NCAA Football Rules Committee on March the 1st. Now, you may remember, we talked prior to last football season and went over the the deal that they don't make rules changes every year for college football. They do it every two years. Last year was an off year. That means this year, 2022, is an on year, meaning they can go in, vote on certain rules changes, and put them in place for this coming season. This is a point of emphasis. This is a rule change year. So it means they can put stuff forward, vote it in in the oversight committee, and boom, we got a new rule. Okay, so if it's – the point I'm making here is if it's a big topic, something may be done about faking injuries in college football this coming season. It was rampant this past year. Prior to this past season – it happened some, but it was not rampant. I don't care what anybody tells you. Listen to me. I don't care what coach says what about the past and faking injuries. But prior to this past season, it was not rampant. Something changed in 2021. I've got eyes. I've watched a lot of games know what I'm talking about. Don't buy this bull, and that's exactly what it is. If somebody looks at you and says, ah, it's been going on like this forever. Liar. You're lying straight through your crooked teeth. This past year was different. Some teams took it to a new level. And for what? I'm not reading any reports. I'm giving you an opinion right now. I'll tell you what for a lack of integrity. That's what it is. Wait a minute. What are you saying, Matt? What are you saying about rampant faking injuries? It is a lack of integrity. Run, tell that. That's what it is. It's a lack of backbone. It's a lack of moral fiber. Well, Matt, we're just trying to win. It's a win at all costs. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So before I go any further on what they're thinking about doing about it, make sure you know where I stand on faking injuries. To get a free timeout, get an advantage in a ball game, and just go into town with it. Let me tell you, make sure you know where I stand on it. It has no place in competitive athletics. I have no respect for any coach who allows it to go on. And I detest the activity of any coach encouraging it to go on. Because it is a selfish approach. It is a short-term, selfish approach. Any coach who would put the idea in the head of a player 
to fake an injury in order to get the team a free timeout. Kid's got to miss one play according to the current rule right now, even though he's not hurt. You're teaching lessons to that player, to your team, and to everybody watching that are bad lessons. I have no respect for it. It's, it is a complete and utter shame. All right, Steve Shaw, National Coordinator of Officials, says, obviously we want to take feigning injuries out of the game. It's a bad look for the game. It's an integrity issue. If you have a, he says, if you have a feigned injury, it garners an unmerited timeout for your team. We are really looking at what's the next step to move away from that. Well, it's um, tough. And it is, it is very tough. It is tough, okay, for a governing body to put in real stiff penalties and then ask your officials on the field in an SEC stadium during the course of a game in front of 100,000 drunk fans to administer those stiff penalties because they have judged with their eyes and deemed it visible that the injury was fake. That's tough, y'all. That's, that is tough. Okay? And, and I'll be honest with you. To put part-time officials in that scenario, I honestly don't know if you should do that. You'll see what happened with Tennessee fans in Knoxville this year? I honestly don't know that you should do that. To put part-time officials in that scenario. How do you, how do, you do it? They're going to judge the injury was fake? How do they do that? What, are they going to wait for the x-rays? Like, how are you going to do it? See, so the point I'm making is forever, in the spirit of high competition, there are certain things you just do and don't do. Okay, because of exactly what I'm saying, how tough it would be. You're asking, you saying the officials are going to figure out if a guy's hurt or not and penalize it or not? During the course of a game, how? What? You can't. You you honestly can't. I've had times when, as a player, where I know one like one year we were playing Louisiana Tech, and I'm throwing a screen pass. One of these deals where we had it designed where I'm going to fake the screen one way and then basically reverse spin and throw the screen the other way. So you fake it. And then you reverse spin to throw it the other way. You, you can't see anything that's behind you. And when I reversed and spun to throw, there's a guy diving in on my legs full speed. I threw it, but as he hit my legs, I honestly thought he broke one of my legs the way it felt. And and it and immediately I hit the ground, I grab it, and I'm and it feels such a way I'm actually afraid to stand up and put weight on it because it, I'm thinking he may have just broken my leg. But after they helped me to the side. I realized, no, it just hurt really bad. It's just bruised really bad, but I can stand on it. It's not broken. <laughs> and you kind of walk it off, and I'm able to go back in. But there for a minute, I really thought I was hurt. 
Didn't know. Never felt anything quite like that. <clears throat> okay. How are you? You go, again, I'm reading this quote from Steve Shaw, director of officials. Obviously, we want to take feigning injuries out of the game. It's a bad look for the game. It's an integrity issue. Absolutely it is. It's an integrity issue. Okay. And regarding the 100,000 drunk fans, I'm talking about Tennessee. Do you see what happened in Knoxville? Run, tell them. I don't care who you are. And I don't care who did or didn't watch that. Go turn on the tape and watch what happened in the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. With their fans. Okay? Go watch it. It is what it is. And you're going to put officials in that scenario? That now... Part-time officials, we're going to ask them to decide on the fly, was it fake or not? No, you can't do that. Okay, so now the next step. All right, so we've, we've established that, that short of officials deciding who's hurt, really hurt, and who's not, it is an integrity issue. He said it. Not, I said it. He said it. Okay, so now what's next? The only thing they can do, understand this. Because I'm telling you, it's not only the only thing they can do, it's what they are going to do, is they are going to raise the number of plays or some time limit that a player must remain out of the game after a timeout being called for injury. That way, it's not in the officials' hands. It is standard for everybody. So the player that gets hit, he's hurting like crazy. He's not even sure he, he may have an injury. But after he gets to the sideline, he's able to walk it off and he realizes he's okay. It's just hurting real bad, but there's no structural damage. He can go right back in the game, just play through the pain. That's, that's not going to happen anymore. They're going to change this because of what coaches allowed to happen this past year. A few of them. And it's going to make it hard on everybody. Starting in 2022. If it's going to be, I don't know, four plays, five plays, an entire series, five minutes of game action, I don't know. They'll have, you know, somebody will have to monitor it so coaches don't slip their player back in there early. It may be an entire series until that's finished. Either exchange on the possession, turnover, score, or punt it away, give the ball back before that player is allowed to come back in the game. And they're going to do it across the board in all of college football because a few. Coaches with a lack of integrity took it too far this past year. It was not just one guy, not just two. It was a whole handful of them across college football that decided we are win at all costs. To heck with any integrity regarding the competitive spirit of this game, regarding the lessons I'm teaching my players. We are win at all costs. That's something we can get away with, so we are going to flaunt it. And so what's going to happen now? You're going to have something put in place that says, if we get a, we got an injured player and we call timeout for it, that player's not coming back in for a while. Well, what if he's okay? So what? He better get up and play. Well, wait just a minute. So now you're telling me, Matt, that, that the offset to this may be players refusing to get medical help even if they need it on the field because they know they'll have to sit out for the next... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. 
so-and-so down there really got his bell rung. He ought to go to the sideline and get checked for a concussion. Nope. So-and-so just got his knees taken out. One of them may be blown up. He better stay down there and let the trainer come get him. Nope. More from this story. The sport knows it has a problem. Some defenses are willing to take whatever measures they can to offset up-tempo offense, and the appearance of an unnecessary stoppage can draw complaints from coaches and fans alike. Last season, multiple high-profile games featured a partisan crowd booing at a suspected fake injury while the home team had the ball. The fallout from one such controversy is Iowa's win over Penn State. What about James Franklin and Penn State? It compelled both Hawkeyes coach Kurt Ferentz and Nittany Lions coach James Franklin to comment on the situation in the days after the game. Administrators have said for years it's an issue, but they haven't found an effective way to combat it yet. See, part of the problem is the idea that all decisions have to come from administrators. We can all see the problem. Too many administrators have a hollow backbone and won't do what's right and get something done about it. They'll tell you they have a problem with something. They'll tell you concussions are an issue. They'll tell you late hits are an issue. They'll tell you faking injuries is an issue. They don't really have the guts to actually do something about it. They need to listen to the coaches, the ones with integrity I'm talking about, because they know what it needs. Stick around. To the guy who loves his banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Back with you. Uh, two things. First, a note on this story, then a phone call, and then we'll move on to a couple other things. But on the, the injury deal, Steve Shaw, national coordinator of officials, said one option that is in discussions, sidelining a player who causes an injury stoppage for an extended period of time, such as a possession or a set of downs, just like we talked about. Perhaps a coach is having the option to use a timeout if they want to bring the guy back in sooner. It notes in this story at The Athletic, Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin said last year that nobody's going to stop faking injuries until there are real consequences to uh, disincentivize the behavior. In the past, officials have avoided rules like that out of concern that legitimately injured players would attempt to stay on the field, and that's exactly what we talked about. But because of last season, listen to me, up until last year, that was the thing. They weren't willing to put injured players in a position of trying to pretend not to be injured and then playing injured. And and therefore, in partnership with coaches and programs throughout college football, yes, there were times when guys would flop, but it was not rampant. Okay, it just wasn't rampant. Last year, some teams and some coaches took it to an entirely new level, just totally abused that agreement, that, that, frankly, that agreement, and now they have put it in a position where the rulers and college football have no choice but to do something about it. Jason in Flagstaff, line one on the Divinity phone. Hey, Jason, what's up? Uh, not too much. Um, well, something was mentioned about uh, – 
punishing the players for that. And I don't, I don't, I'm thinking about that. I don't see how that's going to help anything. They'll just, the coaches will just figure out some way to insert a reserve right before they want to fake an injury and they'll move right on. I, I think what they ought to do is figure out some way to catch them on film like they generally do anyway in the middle of a broadcast <laughs> and then come back a day or two later and drop punishment on the coach. Whatever it is, whether they, they're suspended for a game, whatever, they need to just get the coaches involved with the punishment or it's not going to stop. Yeah. And and again, I agree with that, Jason. If, if, if there's not some sort of consequence involved, it's not going to stop. And, and that's an issue in and of itself. It is an integrity issue. But my thing is, like, it's so difficult to put – like um, whether it's officiating, they're not going to do it with officials during the game, but even the, the governing body, say the Southeastern Conference, somebody in position of coming back later and deciding which injuries are legit and which ones aren't. That is such a, you know what I'm saying? It's such a, it's such a fine line. And, and because of that and the nature of the sport, as, as an official, as a national coordinator of officials, as an SEC conference, Whatever you've got to be able to depend on the integrity yeah. of your coaches running your teams, you got to be able to depend yeah. on them. Hey, look, I understand you cheat in recruiting. I understand it. I understand you know about it. You know, I understand you're trying to run a hurry up offense, but you simply cannot, as a coach, we can't have you condone your players faking injuries and getting free timeouts. Yeah. Because we've had this agreement, it, the the health of the sport and everything kind of depends on it. Because this is injuries we're talking about, and this past year you had some coaches and teams just exploit it, just basically take, yeah. you know, shoot double birds to anybody who's ever had the integrity of the game in mind and said, "No, I'm winning at all costs." The heck with the rest of y'all. So I'm yeah. to the point now that they're just going to have to do whatever they're going to have to do. Yeah, I know there were several times last year watching a game and during the middle of the broadcast, they would be able to pull up footage of coaches telling players to get down there. If they see that, throw them the game, out. They ought, they ought to be gone for a while. That ought to be the end of that coach for a good long while. Mm. I agree. Jason, anyway, I'll hang you. up and listen. Yeah, Bye-bye. thanks. It's. It's pitiful. It is. I'm just telling you, it's pitiful. And I understand there are a lot of coaches with a lot of pressure who are being told about the wins, losses, bottom line, who make a lot of money and are dependent on it. I get it. But as a coach, you get to the point where you are you you are not only allowing it to happen, you are encouraging it to happen, and now you are orchestrating faking injuries. It's that's pitiful. I don't care how much pressure and how much money. That is a pitiful, pitiful state of being when you compete at a high level. It's it's pitiful. Back over to the phone line, line two, DK. Thanks for calling. What's up, DK? How you doing, Dave? Matt? Just right. Look, I was going to make a comment. With the way it's happening, most of your defensive linemen or your defensive players are the ones doing it and the best way to fix it is unsportsmanlike conduct 15 yards 
you won't have guys faking either. Well, you because wouldn't, but again. On, on the field, though, everything on the field is pretty much judgment. And me and you can make those judgments on who's hurt and who's not. Well, do you agree? Well, no, I don't agree. And, and I'm not. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm just saying I disagree with you, DK, because if I – I'll be honest with you. If I'm an official, okay, I simply can't every time be consistent on knowing if a guy is really hurt or not. That's just – that's outside of his scope. And I know, DK, what what you're saying is there, there are obviously times they're faking it. We're talking about it. They're talking about it. Coaches are – so it's obviously happening. I'm watching from my couch or in the broadcast booth. My opinion on it doesn't actually have an effect on the game. Your opinion right. on it doesn't. But to say that we're going to tell a part-time official, so let's start first with the fact that these officials are part-time and we can't figure that out. Okay, the commissioner making $4 million a year. Okay, we got coaches making $8 million a year, and we got part-time officials. Figure that out. Okay, so let's start with part-time officials. But we're going to ask a part-time official who's a banker during the week to decide during the game on the field in front of 100,000 screaming fans, you know what, you're not really hurt, 15 yards. It's We can't do it. It's just not possible. You can't do that. Look, even if they were full-time, well, it's like I said earlier, you know, like, what threshold of proof? Are we going to ask officials to send them in and wait for the x-rays to come back? We, I mean, I know that's a that sounds sarcastic, but the, the point is, on the fly, you can't have an official figuring out whether or not they're hurt or not. And you can't wait on a doctor because the game's got to go on. So, right. so, in, so what they have no choice, DK, if they're going to do something, is to basically but make if it. Wait, if you wait to the, if you wait till after the game, sometimes the outcome is because of exactly. a injury. That's exactly <laughs> right. So the in between, okay, you know, you we can go too hot or too cold. Well, the in between then is exactly what they're talking about. Is they what about timeouts taken away from the coach? Well, yeah, and and see that's it. You, that's what they're saying is the in between here is to go. Okay, we're going to make it standard across the board. If a player is injured and it stops play, that player must stay out for X amount of time or for the remainder of that series. It can't come back in. And the only way the coach can get him back in earlier is to use one of his timeouts. That's one exactly. thing that's just, one thing they're talking about. Exactly. It's just my it's like I said, it's frustrating because right. you know he's not hurt because he's there and you look over and the coach is telling him to get down. Right. You put a fifteen yard penalty on him and got him half the distance from the 10-yard line, you're like, hey, we can't do afford to do that. And, and what are we teaching? So, you know, uh, that's exactly right. We, but, but, they're, but they're taking advantage of it. If you don't do something, it's going to get worse. Exactly. So and, I appreciate and, uh, it, man. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it, DK. And just like what happens a lot of times, when you get a lack of integrity and, and even the slightest teeny tiny like drop of corruption and lack of integrity at a leadership level, they usually are the ones who don't suffer. It's usually the ones beneath them. Okay, and, and so so what's about to happen? Because you had some, some real selfish coaches and programs out there take this thing to the nth level last year and force everybody's hand instead of operating with a little bit of integrity like they have for years and years and years. Now 
the governing body is going to be forced to do something that affects every player in all of college football who you've already told them they have limited eligibility over the course of five years of their life. And they're in a game, in a key situation. And the kid's actually hurt. He can't play the next play. He's not hurt enough. He's not injured enough. He's not broken and doesn't have a torn ligament where he can't come back in the game. He can't. He just needs a play or two off. He's having a hard time popping up. He got his breath knocked out. He took a shot in the ribs. He got a stinger. He doesn't know if he's hurt or not. He lays there to be sure. They come. They check him out. They take him off the field. Within five minutes, he's ready. You know, he realizes he's not injured. He can get back in the game. But, no, he's not going to be able to get back in the game. Meanwhile, the game may end before he has a chance to get back in the game because his coach is out of timeouts. And this all goes back to what some coaches, some stunts that coaches pulled, a few coaches around the country pulled last year. Rampant faking injuries, pretending as if it's okay because all in the world that matters is win at all costs. Well, you know what, Coach? Your lack of integrity and your selfishness, it ain't going to hurt you. It doesn't even hurt me. But it's about to affect all these future players. And some guys are really going to take it in the rear end because of you. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. So does he. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. The homecoming queen's here. (laughs) That's great. It is, isn't it? Welcome to the studio. Yeah, y'all are having some passionate talks today. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was, but now we're all just all smiles and happy now that you're here. Oh. Hey, I want to tell you that today is National Dark Chocolate Day. Oh. Yeah, and you do love dark chocolate. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) Let me see what I can do about that. I ate a couple of those... uh, Dark chocolate covered espresso beans from High Point Roasters a while ago. Oh, yeah. That'll pep you up. That'll perk you right up. That's That'll float your boat. Dark chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Noted. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other thing. Yeah. I was talking about integrity a while ago. And I was, I thought about this uh, example, but I didn't say it on the air. But since you and I watched it together with Mary Lydia, I thought I'd bring it up. Oh. I had an inadvertent Brady Bunch oh, reference a while ago. I didn't even plan on it. I just went, all right, here's a story. And I went about a man named Brady. I couldn't help it. Mary Liddy is currently obsessed with the Brady Bunch. <laughs> it's just one of those shows that she's just picked up. Well, an I, oldie, but a goodie. I introduced it to her. She loves it. I had forgotten how good the show is. Yeah, it's a good like show. It's not bad. All right. <laughs> not bad. Well, anyway, um, and then this issue of integrity. And we just watched the episode. Where one of Greg Brady's friends... Oh, yeah. Sells him a car. Sells him a, a car that is a piece of junk. Yeah. 
Teenage Greg Brady had saved up like a hundred bucks, and he wanted a car so bad. He bought it, and he it and was his, terrible. His friend just put this sale job on him. I mean, you could look at this car's beat up, and it didn't run right, but the guy was just relentless selling it to him and putting the pressure on him. I mean, I got five more guys going to look at this, Greg. I mean, don't you want your own set of wheels? And- better, better get it now. While it's available, you better grab it. <laughs> Greg buys it. Yeah. Hook line. He bought it hook, line, and sink. I mean, the yeah. door didn't even work. And that yeah. guy goes, it's a convertible. What do you need a door for? You just hop in. Just That's a cool in. thing. And he jumps in, sells in the car. The car won't run. It gets it home. It's, it's he, got smoke coming out of it. The horn won't stop blowing. Yeah. I mean, and Greg Brady is like trying to fix it. And it. He finally gets it all cleaned up, and his brothers and sisters helped him. And But then it's he's still got messed it. up. The wiring's messed up. You know, you... What was it? You, you, he said, I finally fixed the horn. He tried to play the horn on the car and the windshield wiper started. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. It was a mess. So they had this talk. He and the dad had this talk. And the dad says, look, you got to understand people that are selling something, they're going to try to tell you how great it is. Okay. You're the buyer. Okay. It's called buyer beware. You got to make sure right. that, you know, this guy put the sale on you. Okay. But you just got to take it. All right. He and, and you got to be smarter in the future. Well, Greg took all that talk the wrong way. Yeah, he did. And turned around and tried to bamboozle his own friend and did the same thing. The smooth used car salesman talk, you know. <laughs> but turns out he couldn't go through with it. Couldn't go through he, with he it. He just couldn't let himself go through couldn't it. Couldn't go through with it. You know what I was thinking? So the kid that sold the lemon to Greg Brady. Yeah. He was a win-at-all-cost salesman. No, no integrity at no all. No integrity. Just get it sold and get the money in your pocket. That's all that matters. But Greg Brady, at the end of it, when it was all said and done, he tried it. He tried it. Even took it down the road with this guy. Couldn't do it. He just couldn't let himself go through with it. There was just an, uh, there and, was enough. And the Brady parents were so proud. <laughs> They were proud of him. There There was enough integrity inside Greg Beatty that he just couldn't allow himself to stoop to that level. There's a difference in some coaches and some others that some, yeah, okay, to their credit, it's win at all costs. All right, fine. But there are some out there that'll go, you know what, it may actually cost me, but I ain't pulling that stuff. And when I lay my head on my pillow tonight, I'll sleep just fine, win or lose. A Bradyism. I how I would about have, that? I would have thought you would have been talking about another Brady today, not we Greg. Am. Not Greg Brady. <laughs> the Russian, Tom the, Brady. The goat. Dolph Lundgren. We had a good laugh of your comparison, Tom Brady to the Russian and Rocky. I yeah. I mean, I can't help it. We did talk about it. Yeah. And so it's official. He so wanted to done. release the news. Yeah. He's done. He's moving on. But I made the point that Brady retiring doesn't leave the big gaping hole in the NFL the way Michael Jordan did when he retired. Oh, yeah. So those two things not being equal. And then I told you who I thought the next GOAT was. Well, you're not the only one, homecoming queen. Go ahead and say it. No, you say it. Who was it? Who is it? Who's the next one? Who's the next GOAT? I got It's right here. What? It's Joe Cool. Yeah. Joe Cool. He's it. Joe Burrow. He's it. He's he just Brady leaves and he just steps right into it. 
Hey, so I call him Joe Cool. You know what his teammates nicknamed him? No. Joe Burr. <laughs> As in, he's got ice water in his veins. That's pretty great. Instead of Joe Burrow, just Joe Burr. That's that's pretty funny. I think you're right. I think Burrow could be the... Now, it's almost not fair. It's I like, mean, he's, he's really young. Well, look. We don't want to set him up for failure here, but he does fit the fit the protocol here. Yeah. Well, and and since I made the Jordan thing, when Jordan retired, every great player, young player that came along, it was, is he the next Jordan? Kobe Bryant, next Jordan. LeBron James, the next Jordan. It, it was all comparison. It's almost not fair. To me, since I saw Jordan, nobody's ever been Jordan. Everybody ever will be Jordan. No. And that's the argument. It's true. And And I get it. But you know what? Here's the thing. I feel pretty safe in saying Joe Burrow's not going to win seven Super Bowls. Well, you don't know. He might. <laughs> I don't know it. He might feel safe in saying he won't. You know, and so <laughs> maybe it's a, it's not fair to 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 do the whole comparison thing right now. Well, you're taking the you're taking the loss well today mm-hmm. on Tuesday. You're okay. Yeah, I'm over it. You're over it. Moving on. Baseball seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Almost here. You're okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> 17 days Countdown. until Mississippi State throws out first pitch. You'll be okay. The world champion Atlanta Braves are not going to get started on time because they're in a lock. The, the players are in a lockout with the owners in Major League Baseball. They're supposed to report here in a couple of weeks for spring spring training. That won't happen. I thought you were going to say COVID. No, opening day is supposed to be March 31st. That won't happen. Oh no. We'll see when they, when and if they do get it started, but. Uh, some things on, on this day in history, any sports related? Okay. Okay, February 1st, 2004. Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. Oh, yeah. Halftime show? Yeah. <clears throat> mm. That was 2004. I'm looking forward to this year's halftime. Oh, yeah. Snoop Dogg? It's going to be good. And uh, Dr. Dre? Everybody our age will like it. And Mary J. Blige? Yeah. Uh, we're going to, hey, us. It'll, it'll mid- be fine. Us middle aged folks? <laughs> We're going to love it. Yeah, our crap. <laughs> our, our, our people. Uh, let's see. On this day in 2009, in Tampa, Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh offense um, took over in the final minute of the game and beat the Arizona Cardinals in Super Bowl 43. Hmm. So, Big Ben, that was on this day in 2009. February 1st, 2014, Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning became the all-time record holder for MVP trophies. Got his fifth one. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow, I think, is Groundhog Day, isn't it? What? Is it really? Is it? Isn't yes, it? it is. Yeah, I think it is. I'm so glad you Pucks told me that. Pucks Phil. Pucks Because... Will he see his shatter? <laughs> That's I, a movie that Matt thinks is great to watch oh, over and over Groundhog and over. Day. I can't yeah. handle it. I'm a, I uh, can't do it. Drives me crazy. I like it, but it just drives film? me crazy. There's some irony, isn't it, in watching that movie over and over and yes, over? Yes, you yeah. love it. I love Groundhog Day, the movie. Yeah, I really do. It is funny. I just mm-mm. especially a little montage there where he starts busting the alarm clock every day. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's had it. And then he learns everything about everybody. Walks yeah. in, they all think he's some kind of. They love him. <laughs> he knows everybody. Groundhog yeah. Day tomorrow, Matt. Okay, so tomorrow's Groundhog Day, and we know the tradition of the whole thing about six more weeks of winter versus yeah, not, all that kind of stuff. But I don't buy it one bit. You no, don't? Them groundhogs don't know one 
thing or the next. It's kind of fun, though. It's a dumb animal. That's all it is. Matt. That's all Phil, Punxsutawney Phil is just a dumb animal. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not nice to say. I hope you cover Champ's ears. I mean, really, Champ's right here. <laughs> Champ's not listening, though, Bill. <laughs> Bill, Champ tunes See, out the radio show about. while he's up here. I only <laughs> do it to get a rise out of you, Annabeth. Champ's because asleep, Bill. It doesn't matter if Champ hears me say that. He does not know what I'm saying. He knows things. <laughs> you don't know what he knows. <laughs> Just like you don't know if somebody's injured. You don't know if <laughs> Champ can hear you or not. He knows his name. He knows, he knows what. He knows a lot more than you He know. knows what that means. That means he come here. Food bowl sounds like. <laughs> That's enough, Matt. Take it back. I'd take it back. You should. Sick him, champ. <laughs> Groundhogs may be smart. You don't know. I'd take it back on your behalf. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they made their own movie. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks, good, Bill. Good luck to the groundhog tomorrow. All right. So good luck to the groundhog in the morning. We'll have a full report on Punxsutawney Phil yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. I'll bring show. the report. Hey, just for I'll, fun, we ought to just replay this show for tomorrow. Yeah, Groundhog Day. <laughs> All right. For Annabeth, for Bill, I'm Matt. Everybody here in the studio, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya.